0: for the questions. Okay. So we're only going to do um parts 1 and 2 cuz part 3 was supposed to be for the other person. So we only have to do half of it. Um okay. So, what was your previous life like prior to incarceration? Well,
1: okay, give me one second. Let me just... incarceration. All right, now we need to know that there are several uh, This is as a youth, as a young adult, and as an adult. So if you're speaking about as a youth, just to keep it general, give you a little bit of perspective, um, going to the system at 13 just two weeks before turning 14, um, life was good. A well provided, uh, working class family, uh, living with my, uh, grandparents, um, in upstate New York, midst, you know, in the, in the Utica region. And, um, you know, didn't have a want for anything, um, uh, so materially well provided for, um, so to speak to that question however the only thing I did need uh, was better mentors that um, were closer uh, to you know, my grandfather was a good mentor but again he's my grandfather um, as a young man coming up you need uh, role models that sometimes are more immediate to your um, to your age you know in terms of ability moving forward in to being a young adult. Uh, my background was I came home from juvenile or lock-up and wanted, wanting to do uh, good with my life. Um, however, I didn't change people, places, and things, as they say, and uh, still had that attachment to um, to the streets, to uh, misbehavior, Um so had actually had taken the ASVAB, the military ASVAB test, and um, was actually intending to uh, in, in going to the military, going to the Air Force, and didn't have at a party and, and, and brought into an altercation and into uh, prison at the adult at age of sixteen. Um, nowadays I went to prison, I would went to a juvenile lockup again, but I was tried, um, and treated as an adult at 16, um, and then I had come, I came home at 20 and, um, really hit the ground running, um, came out to Westchester and really, uh, went to school with the uh, Seattle College Computer Career Institute in White Plains. I got my PC services for specialist certification. I um, started pursuing my A certification as a computer tech and, in short order, um, enrolled in college uh, at SUNY WCC as a computer information systems major. And I taken up from there. And then uh, about you know, a little bit over 18 months later, uh, someone, you know, pulled a gun out on me and, you know, I went to defend myself, uh, unfortunately that person, another person injured, um, being that I had this criminal background, um, of a uh, conviction, and, um, I got to prosecuted for assault, and, oh, attempt murder, actually, but I got, to- at trial, acquitted of attempt murder as well as intentional assault. However, the judge uh, didn't properly instruct the jury, which led to a wrongful conviction. Didn't instruct the jury on self-defense, so the jury never had that option available to them. And so, not only where although they found not guilty of attempt uh, murder, intentional assault, criminal use of a firearm, etc. They weren't allowed to go that one extra step in on me altogether of say reckless conduct, because going for another person's gun even if it could be considered reckless. Nevertheless, they were wrongly allowed to construe justifiable conduct to be criminally liable. In any event, I went to uh, in pr- I went to prison for. Uh, and a half years of a 20 year conviction because of that come home and um, successfully transitioned if you will Um, so prior to incarceration as a youth life was good Um, as a young adult again life was good and last as an adult coming home after a four year conviction life was good as well um you know so you know, that answers
0: your question yeah thank you so much for sharing um okay so did you have any work experience prior to and if you did can you explain what it was
1: uh, uh prior to again you have three different um, mm-hmm. transition points so help me out here um, I would say as a youth, no. Um, I was actually I just got my working papers a little uh maybe the year before, maybe or even that year, um when I turned thirteen. Um, or just the year, the year before I gotten, um, incarcerated as a youth. Um, uh, so going from twelve to thirteen, I got my working papers, and uh actually looking, you know, toward working as, as, as a, you know, getting a summer job or something. Um, but that never happened. You know, um, I went to juvenile lockup instead, um, home at 16, um, it was a very short, short-lived, um, uh, re from maybe December, 1995 until um march nineteen ninety six so no really time to um, you know work um again i came home to my grandparents I boys called DFI back then i did this youth and i was called OCS. um but uh so i never and so i didn't have any time to transition And i think my circumstances my living circumstances my grandparents was a well-provided household um and uh a working class to middle class household um Mm -hmm. not affluent but still uh definitely stable definitely a good home uh caring nurturing home um but as a young adult uh coming out um of prison at the age of 20, yes, work experience. Um, I started out um, with actually, my first time was with Laborate, uh, a temp agency. Um, we worked that day, paid that day, type of thing. Um, I, and then, uh, with that, so that was basically within the first month of me coming home. And at, by the end of that month, I had gotten um, a job with stables, doing retail sales. Um, applying um, my background in, in, in computer as a prison vocation. I, and I came out and used that in the business and electronics department to uh, sell computers <laughs> and uh, computer related products, printers, etc. Um, and so, and I continue to move forward from there. Uh, temp jobs, um, office jobs, um, using, again, my computer skills uh, here at software, going to school as a PPC service and support specialist. And so as I started to learn more, I started applying more. Um, and so temp jobs as an office assistant or administrative assistant, um, basically doing office databases, spreadsheets, uh, definitely word processing. Um, aside from that, um, then as I got my A plus certification, I started to do temp jobs doing tech support. So I, I started to transition from there. Um, and, um, so didn't have the kind of answers that before incarceration and after incarceration is a different story. Mm.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, how was your educational experience prior to incarceration?
1: Uh, prior to incarceration, again, you can prior to incarceration I have three different incarceration points, but, um, as a youth, uh, I, I did very well academically. My grandparents and other family members pushed me, um, or encouraged me, i say more than pushed Encouraged me to uh, really engage the school system, uh, academics, and I loved it. And so much so that you know uh, that my my grandmother actually told me about this that they wanted to sit me up twice in elementary. School, but they, my grandfather didn't allow it um, because he himself he had limited um, educate, he had a limited education background. Um, not. Past, um I would say the he had maybe what a sixth grade, sixth to seventh grade education coming from the south to New York, and so uh, at the, in that era, When he became of working age, he went to work, um, and so and then he ended up migrating to New York, and because he, he had, had a limited educational background he uh, wanted me to have a better educational background. So, again, he, uh, he didn't allow the school to skip me up twice. That's um, going from sixth grade to seventh grade. Um, I went as a full reach student in, into all my classes of um, state was junior high school. Um, and then, uh, because of behavioral problems, I was placed in an alternative school. So, Uh, educationally, I did good, Behaviorally, I did bad, even in juvenile lockup. Um, um, like for example, global study, had like 99. Um, All my RCTs I had in the 90s, um, mid to upper 90s. Um, so I was a smart kid, but a bad kid. Um, my active food tests were were high, you know, even at ages of four fourteen and fifteen in, in juvenile life, you would get the aptitude test to determine what grade they were going to put you in because it was like a real generic um type of sport. um so it wasn't like everybody was in seventh grade or eighth grade or ninth grade or tenth grade, but rather you could it could have been mixed depending on what the aptitude level determined the type of work you, you would get. So um you know for me, at fourteen and fifteen, I had college-level aptitude scores, and so they would be appropriate um, high school high school work. Um, coming out of juvenile lockup and into the community at sixteen, um, I was placed in eleventh grade, and again that was a short-lived um, experience before I went into. Uh, the adult criminal justice system. And uh, I had taken my GED in short order um, with a few months and you know, got the GED and um, from there there was a gap between when I got uh, transferred upstate in 1996 six to coming home in 2000. And uh, so throughout that whole period, I didn't have any academics, you know, because I had my GED already. And the New York State Department of Corrections didn't host a top program except, you know, maybe in some facilities that might've been the case, but not in the facilities I was. Um, So my, education um assisted, uh, vocational programs and extracurricular programs that they made that made up from whatever facility I was at. Uh eventually I did come home and uh at twenty and you know uh enrolled in college. And I did good with the uh placement test. They wanted to, they they offered me the the advanced placement but um, I didn't take it uh, because I was coming home, um, and not only the transition process, but the I feel like I had to work full time. Um, just didn't allow me to be reluctant to take advanced placement classes. I had to kind of balance and engage um, what the what the workload would be. That said, um, you know, then maybe started, you know, like I said, started with vocational school to get a a a career um, certification or industry certification, so it was a career rather than just take odd jobs until I eventually get uh, get a degree. So I was able to really uh, enter. IT workforce um, with the A-plus certification along with the PC services and support test certification and, uh, and then while also going for a degree as well in the related field of computer information systems. Um, then I had gotten incarcerated, um, again, wrong for the wrongful conviction, for which I served 17 and a half years, but a little bit over 17 and a half years. Um, and then, while incarcerated, I was able to I had the opportunity to um, engage in some college programs. While I was at Sing Sing, I was able to uh, enroll in the Mercy College program. And then I had gotten transferred out of Sing Sing to which it was um, a college program. And then from, you know, then I found someone a different facility. I got transferred to different facilities such as, um, Great Meadows and No College or Kakasaki. Again, there was no college program at that facility. Uh, so eventually I, I got transferred to, um, Auburn Correctional Facility in which I was able to engage in the Cornell Prison Education Program. Cornell University has a partnership with Taipei Union College where it offers, um, a college program associate's level degree program, Um, so I was able to engage in uh, Mercy College's bachelor's program, and I didn't finish the bachelor's, however, and the Cornell Prison Education Program, which had an associate's in liberal arts, educational background to some extent.
0: That was great. Thank you. Um, What were your goals and ambitions growing up?
1: My my goals and my... Hold on for a second. And so my goals and ambitions while I was growing up um, were mixed. Um, I didn't have, like beginning uh, with a desire to um, like you know some kids, uh, I want to be a police officer, or a fireman, or a lawyer, or a doctor, or whatever. No, I didn't have um, the goals clarified, if you will. Um, I didn't have bad goals either. I was just experienced life as a kid. My goal was to do good in school, and that was that, because that's what um, my grandparents uh, kind of expected of me and gave me the, the, the space to, uh, um, kind of figure out what I would become. Uh, my grandfather himself, he worked, uh, in a, an abattoir or a slaughterhouse, um, you know, it's much more than a meatpacking house, um, where, you know, they would, you know, Kill the animals, prepare them for the meat process, etc. And he did that entire thing. Um, you know, so that's not necessarily something, you know, he asked me to, or he opened for me to become. So I didn't look at that as an option. But again, I wasn't confronted, you know, with, with a a an expectation to be anything. Um, however. I did have um, some friends of the family who were in the military. So um, as I went, I started to look at what uh, career options might be out there, I did look at the uh, the military. Um, friends of the family that I did have, uh, they were in the Navy, and that was an option I started to take, uh, like, into the Air Force Um, with aviation engineering, but, and that was an idea that I wanted to do, and that's the reason why I took the ASVAB test. Um, However, you know, that didn't pan out because I had gotten incarcerated as a young adult. Um, And, you know, when I came home at 20, um, I started to pursue the IT, the IT career field. And, um, you know. So that was the closest of uh, a goal, you know, in the kind of corner of the market. Because as a tech I was learning the the hardware and the servicing um side of things, computer information systems. I was also learning the um, the software side of things, the programming side more so. Um and then I was looking at not just that but a pathway to go from tech to engineer to a you know, possibly entrepreneurial ambitions. And really, I'm here speaking to you now. Thank you. Um,
0: what skills, if any, did you gain while incarcerated that you were most proud of?
1: I would say the skill out of everything. I can get technical and I learned this. I learned how, to, you know, um, to for, for example, building maintenance. I can, you know, I can drywall, I can, you know, I can do drywall, I can do carpet I can do plumbing, I can do electric, All Those are technical skills or hard skills along with the computer stuff I was mentioning before. However, I think the most, the thing I can be proud of most is a personal skill. Engaging life, you know, in a growth-filled, optimistic way um, so that I have the, the, the ability to be resilient and resourceful. Uh, some people may cave in because or become overwhelmed by challenges of life, hitting walls, and other barriers. Um, I mostly come to them, and I, you know, uh, overcome by either putting through them or chiseling around them. Um, and so I think that is the skill that I, um, life skill, that I, you know, take the most um appreciation.
0: That was great, thank you. Um well, how did your mindset change as a result of your mindfulness meditation practice and learning experience?
1: Becoming more present in this situation. Uh I think that's the takeaway from mindfulness period. Uh, because now or inability to, to, to be more mindful, to be more present, um, you're able to, to come into situations with are eyes wide open, if you will, uh, see opportunities or silver linings in situations other people may not. Uh, so, and also come away with it, not to see an opportunity, but doing so in a reflective, appreciative uh since they have an attitude of gratitude, if you uh, um, if you will. Um, so that I, you know, am grateful for and appreciative of all that I've been through. Even a wrongful conviction of seven, 17 plus years in prison for, uh, for a crime that I didn't do, even, I even had a federal magistrate saying that I was denied due process in a fair trial and that had I been given a fair trial, Process in the fair trial, then it's like that would never happen convicted at all. Um but even taking that by being mindful and meditation practices um, and the and the I would say the the personality and the character contribution that they offered, um allowed me to even take that seventeen year um, imprisonment and use it as an incubator to come out great. It's
0: a really awesome way of thinking about it. Thanks for sharing. Um, well, could you describe the service programs you were involved in while incarcerated?
1: Yeah, there were many. Um, I mentioned actually two of them already uh, Hudson Link's uh, presentation program. Um, Hudson Link is a nonprofit that's. That's um, in New York, and he serviced several prisons for men and women uh, in the lower Hudson region, lower to mid-Hudson region, actually. Um, Aside from that, uh, uh, the Cornell Prison Education Program was another one. Besides those two, I uh, definitely engaged in, and I think I alluded to earlier, um, vocational programs but uh, they be building maintenance, computer repair, general business, um uh, uh and in addition to that, uh extracurricular programs. Um in some of the other facilities they have uh inmate organizations uh administratively approved inmate organizations. When I say organizations not you know a criminal organization but rather um Guys or gals, you know, in prison that engage, that want to um, gather for progressive for growth oriented purposes. Um, say, a cultural organization like Hispanics United for Progress or, you know, the Caribbean African Unity Organization, both of these I was a member of um, total efforts organization. These are some of the important that, that exist in some facilities and they host several different programs. Um, for example, the Caribbean African Union organization that was, in they, um, hosted, and I actually taught, um, through that entrepreneurship, uh, home buying, the mortgage process, as well as financial literacy classes. Um, our uh, life skill classes, and then there's other organizations such as Alternatives to Project, AVP, that, that we, call, we call it. And that was in uh workshops at various facilities covering a whole slew of different um, maps um, from conflict, um, resolution, um programs or uh, you know um activities um to nonviolent communication to parenting to manly awareness to a whole slew of different trauma trauma um, trauma resilience um so a whole different slew of different things again um and then there was a you know other programs that have over there so
0: all right. Thank you. Um, can you describe your experiences with fellow incarcerated individuals in terms of challenges and meaningfulness?
1: Yeah, because uh, I will give you an example. um not just saying, OK, we are um, being in the yard, for example, in a recreation yard working out exercising playing sports or whatever. But in more program oriented um uh I was a facilitator for several different programs. One of them was the Transitional Services uh Department, State, which is a section within the uh, the prison um an office in the prison that was responsible for helping guys prepare for release transition, that's the term transitional service, is either transitioning into prison, during prison, or at the end of your bid, out-to-out out in society. That's what uh, we call it. So, uh, I was a facilitator uh, more so for the transition period during incarceration while you're in the middle of the, your bid, what are you doing to um, utilize the As well as the um end section what we call a fake three when individuals are going home preparing them for reentry. That said, um, one of the challenges was to help guys confront how prison helps to I would say calcify them. In whatever, whatever stage they were at, you know, with regard to, um, how they came into the system. I'm a big advocate or big of the saying that rehabilitation or personal transformation more so, personal change happens despite prison, not because, not, uh, due to prison. You know, in the sense that administrations don't take a lot of administrations. Some of the administrations might be the exception, and I, and I, do, I can't think this up. But for the vast majority of the prisons, especially those that are in the more rural areas, upstate, Clinton, uh, Great Meadow, Attica, you know, uh, they didn't take an active approach. And these are where some of the bigger populations of People are, you know, they didn't take an active um, responsibility nor approach to uh, transformation amongst prison population. I can say rehabilitation, but nevertheless, I like to use the term transformation because it is a little bit more um, global um, rather than rehabilitation. It's a little bit more obscure, and so. Um people yes, I do say personal change is a person's responsibility. I communicate that. You know, however, we are not we don't exist in vacuums, but rather we exist in social contexts. So if you don't provide people opportunities and, and mechanisms for growth, then those things can be impediments toward personal growth and hence personal transformation and personal change. Therefore, when you're, when you're confronted with a guy, for example, who has spent five to 10 years in prison, if not more, um, he's on the verge of going home, how can you reverse a lot of the... Personality traits that they uh, absorbed and have taken on. How can you, you know, kind of help them break out of that and become their best selves? Even in that short amount of time, I'm say 120 something days before going home. Um, that is definitely a challenge, and allowing people to see the potential that they had to become. As parts of themselves, you know, is challenging, invigorating, but it's challenging because you have to make the person see it in themselves that they may not see because um, all the stuff that goes on, the brutality, the, uh, the injustices uh, that happen in prison. And just imagine um, Philip Zimbardo. Did uh, a behavioral uh, scientist um, did an experiment called the Stanford Prison Experiment, and to show how having an insular environment, a prison often is, you know, um, insulated from the outside, so it's its own little world. How abusive it can it it can become if checks and balances aren't there, and so having to um, help people see the best in themselves despite those type of circumstances is definitely challenging. And to engage, uh, prison, prison administrations to call them on some of these things was challenging as well and curious. Um, one of the mechanisms that, that exists within prison is called the IMIC Liaison Committee. And it comes in a sense from that, um, program, if you will, or that aspect the prison or the prison inmate liaison committee or ILCs, um, a mechanism, that's a better word for it, came as a result of the Attica uprising, Attica riots, because prisons were insular, prisons were um, abusive, prisons were um, debilitating and denying many things that people would kind of take, you know, as common sense. For example, to help prepare people to come home into society after serving X amount of time. Um, so these, some of these things were demanded by the Attica um, Uprising. Mm-hmm. People see nowadays and say, well, that's what you're supposed to have in a correctional facility, but they weren't at you know, that time. So the ILC was, was formed by a legislative uh, enactment to be a mechanism to help prison administrations address the prison conditions. And we serve as the inmates that are, or prisoners that are, um, uh, elected to these positions of liaison committee amongst other people in the population serves as that intermediary to, uh, between the population and the administration to help address things ongoing in the prison or to, help to kind of address things that should be implemented. But That is a challenging role because sometimes, again, prison administrators look at that as adverse or antagonistic to their role as administrators. Um, which in fact should be complementary, which should help them to address things in in the trenches that they don't see because they come, they don't interact with the prison population in the trenches on an everyday basis or they they do so from a distance. Uh, to get a pulse on you know the uh, you know the level of of the population are they growing are they or whatever had was is the conversation with regard to something so challenges from both ways helping people to become their better selves or work with prison officials, whether the administration or the officers to you know um prevent prison from being the worst. That
0: it can be. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. Um, okay, one yeah. more question for me, and then I'm gonna turn you over to my partner. Um, did your incarceration experience include educational opportunities? And if not, would you have wanted it to? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I mentioned uh, from academic to vocational. Excuse me. From academic to vocational, in the sense. I mentioned the, uh, the college-level programs. Um, but again, those were private uh, ventures from nonprofits, uh, such as, like I said, Hudson Link, or of Prison Education Program. And specifically, they didn't, those things didn't exist at all. Like I said, Attica, Great Metal. Um, so that's not universal... in in, in the New York State prison population or prison period throughout the United States. It happens great. And sometimes the administration would come in and take a deprivational role in the process. So, and I say, and, and how that works is this. That um, they use it as a mechanism to control innate behavior. It shouldn't be. Um, because it's not part of the articulated uh, realm of penalties that's in correctional law or the prison uh, policies. I think we're about
0: mm. to uh, be cut off. Yes. Okay. So, I forgot that this was an issue. Um,
1: you want to resume it on the next on the next go round? Good.
0: How do, I don't know how to like.
1: But yeah, but in short, I would say yes. You know, from academic to vocational, I did engage in academic sub vocational um, programs, extracurricular programs, self help. So I engage in all those things. And my only critique is that they're not more universally um, available to people so that everybody can't get it. I was fortunate to be in some places that it did have.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, okay. So my partner does have a few questions to ask, but I'm not sure what to do about the time limit.
1: Um, oh, yeah, we ran out of time?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think we're running low on time. Like, I think we're <laughs> almost out.
1: Okay. And it says it's 45 minutes we've got 3 minutes left yeah